This is Criterium Nation, a show about life lived one corner at a time. I'm your host, Rob Kelly. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. We have an enormous show for you tonight, a star-studded, packed show, so I'm going to get right to the main points very quickly. Today's show is about Thanksgiving, and it is about being thankful for things that have happened to us this year. And I know a lot of you will probably say, how can we be thankful in the year of COVID with natural disasters and violence and systemic racism and all the other awful things that have happened this year? Well, the reality is, is that good things did happen this year. They may be a little hard to find, but if you spend a few minutes and you look at what you've done and you look at what has happened around you, you can find the good even among the bad. I've got a great special guest co-host, Lily Williams, today, who is going to help break down the messages that we've received from so many of the great guests that we had this year. But before we get to the messages from our guests, I want to talk to you about the Wide Angle Podium Network of Shows, the world's only top-tier collection of independent cycling media content. Go to WideAnglePodium.com. Check out the other lineup of shows, Nowhere Fast, Cyclocross Radio, The Slow Ride Podcast. You're going to hear a lot of these guys on this show already. So check out the other great content that they're doing. While you're there on the website, please, please, please hit the donate button and support this show, support the shows that you love, support the creators who are out there making things for your entertainment and for your information. Please like, share, and subscribe to this podcast on Apple, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever it is that you get your podcast. Before we hit the show, I want to introduce you to a friend of mine, Alan Schroeder from CS Velo, and he's going to tell us about his coach, Kristen Arnold of Source Endurance. Hey there. My name is Alan Schroeder. I'm a road and cyclocross athlete out of Boise, Idaho. And I've been working with Coach Kristen Arnold since about 2017, I believe. Uh, And I can just remember when she first told me that she was going to be making the switch to Source Endurance, just kind of how excited about it she was, you know, to be working with a group of like-minded individuals who all had secondary degrees, kind of master's degrees, PhDs, that sort of thing. And um, excited about the opportunity that that would provide her to learn and grow as a coach. And I can definitely say that since she made that switch in 2019, I have been the one reaping the the rewards from that. You know, all of my workouts since then have been really clear and structured. And I always know, you know, kind of the point or what the the goal of the workout is. And yeah, I mean, I've been or am currently in probably the best shape of my life, or at least my, my power numbers have been the best they've ever been. And that's been a really great experience for me. Um, and I would, you know, definitely recommend Kristen or really any one of the coaches within the, the catalog of Source and Burns coaches to one of my cyclist friends or anyone who's really just looking to add a little bit of structure and direction to their training for whatever the, their goals are. So if you want to join Alan and I at Source Endurance, use the promo code Criterium Nation, all one word, for $50 off. Joining me today in studio is Lily Williams of 
rally cycling, I've been trying to work on my pronunciation because no matter how many times I say it, I want to default to the name of the city or the name of the bike or the name. Yeah. The name of the bike Raleigh. And those letters aren't a part of rally cycling. So Lily, thank you so much for joining and for helping me to expand my linguistic world. You are so welcome. Uh, Anytime, any words you need help with, just, you know, send them my way. Well, I mean, you are the crossword empress. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I thought I was good at them until I got to the Tuesdays, which is like still advertised as breeze through the the New York Times as easy as crosswords. And I don't I don't know a single reference. And I'm like, (laughs) it's so embarrassing and demoralizing. I had the awesome opportunity to talk with one of your U.S. Olympic Training Center uh, teammates, friends, colleagues, Kendall Ryan today. We were talking about how super cool it is to be there in Colorado Springs, where you are now, and to be able to use the equipment that they've got, to have access to the facilities, the bubbled track. But she led on to the fact that because you live off campus and she lives on campus, you two can't get together. Yeah, so we were able to train um, both groups together kind of starting at the end of July and about two or three weeks ago, they shut that down as a COVID preventative measure. So we kind of have our off-campus bubble, a training group, and then on-campus is pretty uh, restricted. They have to scan out if they go anywhere and and submit their road training plan um, so that they know where they're going. So it's pretty, they're pretty isolated on campus, but you know, it's sad. I miss training with them and they're here for a camp right now. But if it means the facilities stay open, then of course we're going to, we're going to do it because the facility shut down in the spring, which was a real challenge for us, especially because a lot of other countries were able to access their velodromes and facilities. They were able to get a waiver from the County, I believe, because they've demonstrated COVID, you know, COVID safety. So hopefully that stays in place. Well, the fun thing was always getting catching you in the background of Kendall's videos on Instagram. She'd be she'd be in the gym killing herself and then in the background there's Lily just hanging out. <laughs> just flopping around. Yeah, I'm not much of a social media star, so anytime I'm in the background I'm like, "Oh no." <laughs> One of the cool things that I've gotten to do over the last couple of weeks because I've had a little bit more downtime is talk to a variety of different people planning for the future. So like I got to talk to your director sportive, Joanne, she worked with me through the pronunciation of her last name and I will butcher it, but Joanne Kizanowski, when we were talking, I asked her about rally and I asked her about what the team's all about and where you guys are headed. And she gave me so much great information about not just the team, but also the company behind the team. A lot of us know rally health. But that's where it kind of ends. We don't know what Rally really does. Joe was kind enough to, to kind of give me a little explanation about why Rally, the healthcare company, is involved in cycling. And it just makes perfect sense because Rally is a, a leading digital health company that makes it easier for all of us to take charge of our health and collaborate with health plans, with different providers, with your employers, so that consumers, us, the people who are purchasing healthcare, can have positive outcomes. And in this very strange time that we live in, 
I can't think of a more critical component of the the digital world than that. I'm 26. I turned 26 this year. And and so this is my first year navigating healthcare independently from my parents. And it has been definitely a challenge. But at the same time, with the resources we have from the team and with Rally Health, it's just it's so much easier to understand what exactly you are getting and um, what the benefits are to you and what kind of healthcare services you need. And I think the image of, of Rally Health really fits well with the team. It's a very positive, has a very positive marketing focus and really encompassing of uh, all kinds of people and, you know, encouraging healthy lifestyle across the board. So I think it makes a great fit and it definitely makes life a bit easier because that's such, yeah, right now, I mean, it's so important healthcare. So it's been a real nice part of the team for sure. And talk about resources. You got the opportunity a few months ago, back before lockdowns were reimposed, to head over to Europe. It was planned as a four-race swing. You were able to get three races in. Obviously, Paris-Roubaix was canceled, which was a shame because it would have been the first ever female edition of Paris-Roubaix, and we're hopeful that it, it happens again next year. But we got to watch you race Flanders here in the Criterium Nation headquarters. How amazing is that experience? Going from here in the United States where we've got great races, we've got good history, we've got a lot of just positive things, to going to what is literally a classic. You know, what is literally a monument of the sport in Flanders. I would say that everything over there is like the epitome of bike racing. Uh, <laughs> like it's not just that one thing is hard. Like it's not that the course is hard or the competition is hard or that, you know, whatever it's everything all at once. Like it's a combination of luck and pack handling and bike handling and course knowledge to me is probably, you know, one of the top two things you need to know racing over there. You need to know every turn in and out because it's literally a fight to every single turn. And you're just constantly uh, fighting to save energy, if that makes sense. So you have to waste energy to get to the front to save energy. So it's very counterintuitive um, compared to the racing here with the wide roads and the, at least in the women's fields, relatively small fields. But it was, I mean, it's amazing. It's definitely the kind of racing that I want to be doing kind of full on. I'd love to do a full classic season. I think I'm, I'm at least physically built for that kind of racing it's going to take some time for every turn to not feel like a total risk, you know, especially in a time when we're all like especially risk averse. Yeah, I mean, it's just insane. And you feel like a celebrity over there because, um, you know, even finishing like 50th place, like people think it's cool, which is a really just general members of the public. And obviously there were no spectators, but like we were doing recon of Flanders because our Airbnb was right uh, on course. In three days out, there were photographers, <laughs> just random people lined up on the, the final two climbs, the um, Quermont and the Paderberg, just taking pictures, hanging out, like watching the riders. Um, so it's definitely like a whole different, a whole different vibe over there. So even though Paris-Roubaix did not happen this year, you still got to recon the course. You still got to ride that legendary velodrome. Is it as cool as we all hope it is? Yeah. Yeah, and probably probably cooler. 
<laughs> so the women's race will have, I believe, 17 gravel sections. Um, and not gravel, excuse me, cobbles. And this is not, this is like not riding the gravel on your road bike. This is like somebody dumped bricks off the back of a truck and they're just on the ground and you're riding over them on 28s. <laughs> it is obscene. So I had two pairs of gloves on and like taped up my hands and that was actually, that was actually fine, but it's like completely bone jarring. I can't even describe these sections. The cool thing about it is that it is completely flat. There's not a single climb. So for me, I'm like, hell yeah, I don't have to get up a single climb. I just got to get over these sections. But there's only like, only the middle of the cobbles is smooth. And then you kind of like, and it's where the tires are on the side is where it's worn down. If people are driving on it with their car, like they do in Europe, they just drive on what would be like a sidewalk here. And that's what you race on too. I remember the first time I went to Europe, I was like, "That? are you sure we're going off that? Like, <laughs> it is so narrow. But yeah, so the middle of the cobbles is very smooth and it's like pretty rideable. You kind of have to kind of float your hands on the tops. But if you slide off, like you're going to flat. It's just so jagged and so bumpy. You can really see how, how like I was saying before, luck would kind of play into a result there for sure. Um, and positioning, like, you know, it goes from a road and it narrows instantly into a cobble section that's like maybe two riders wide and then you're fighting for that middle strip. Like it's going to be total mayhem probably by like sector six of 17, <laughs> our fingers were cramping. So you can't really like use your hands. And so you get off the gravel and you kind of have to like focus on opening your fingers and stretching them out a bit. Otherwise they'll like completely cramp. But then, yeah, I kind of, there's like a few ceremonial gravel, uh, cobbled sectors at the end as you kind of lead into Roubaix. Um, and then the velodrome is, is just like, you know, we rode into it kind of at golden hour as the sun was setting and we'd had like this perfect recon day where everything went well and we were just enjoying it. And, you know, there's kids playing and laughing and speaking French and whatever in the middle of the velodrome. And it was just so, um, so cool and magical. Um, so I hope we get the invite. I hope the invites from this year hold over uh, to next year and we get to race it because it would be pretty obscene. This show is coming out the day before Thanksgiving and kind of the theme of this show is giving thanks. We reached out to all the people who had been on the show this year and asked them if they wouldn't mind sending us a quick clip of what it is they're thankful for in 2020. Despite the fact that 2020 has had some of the worst things that could possibly happen in human history happen again on repeat, uh, there have been good things. I remember as a history student back in college that we would study these terrible events in time and then our history professor would remind us, you know, children were born, marriages happened. People fell in love. You know, there were all these wonderful things that happened amidst tragedy. So we want to share that message further with everybody else. And we want to remind people somewhat amusingly in some cases, somewhat seriously in other cases about uh, there, there actually are good things that happened this year. So we've taken the clips and messages that we got from people and we've kind of like lumped them together into things that make a little bit of sense, uh, you know, talking about community or talking about friends and family or talking about the bike. And 
we brought them together. And so Lily, you and I are going to present these. And if there's something that rings true in the course of these, you know, we, we are going to add to it. But first and foremost, we, the hosts of this show, need to talk about what we're thankful for this year. I wanted to start with what you, Lily Williams, is thankful for that happened off the bike. So something that has nothing to do with with rally, with riding on the velodrome, with your wonderful training partners, you know, what's something that you're thankful for this year off the bike? That is a great question. I am really thankful for my job. Um, I have, we've talked about it on our episode earlier this year, but I work for a nonprofit and it's cycling related. Um, So as with a lot of things in the cycling industry, we've experienced a massive boom this year. And so my work level has increased quite a bit, but it's really been a good challenge mentally for me. And I think it's really forced me to like, kind of think about my place in the world and my place in our economy and just how thankful I am to have been able to continue working during COVID amidst all of the economic hardship we've been facing. And then to be able to um, work with people that I like my coworkers are amazing and, and they challenge me and they have faith that I can do random things at work that I've never done before and they give me responsibility. And um, it's been a great way to just like feel independent and secure during this time. So very, very thankful for my job. This may be cliche, of course, but I actually really am thankful for, for my family, for my wife. She has been incredible in this time of life and year and whatnot. She's recognized when I needed to get my butt in gear and she's helped me do that, pushed me out of the house on numerous occasions to go ride. You know, she's been so positive when I've been negative and she's allowed me to explore this world of podcasting and talking to random cyclists from all over the world now. But beyond that, I'm like really thankful for my cousins. So I've got three great cousins who I grew up with kind of as brothers and sister in Chicago, and they have helped me so much with my dad. You know, my mom passed away last year and my dad's aged and he's not in particularly great health, but because he lives in Chicago, it's been impossible for me to get there and do things firsthand. So having Danny, Michael and Lisa, of course, they have to be a Danny and there has to be a Michael or Mikey and a Lisa because you wouldn't be a Chicago family without it. Thanks to those guys and to my uncle Craig and, and Shirley having this kind of community around you when things are crap is so critical. Yeah. I 100% agree. I would say the people that I have grown close with during this time have been, They've just held this like magical mix of um, realism about our situation and not, you know, sugarcoating it, but also they're not, you know, they don't think that everything is terrible. They're just like, you know, we're going to refocus our life and we're going to adapt to what is going on now and um, move out of this as it happens, you know, Um, and I really love that pragmatism. It's very supportive to me. First up, we've got something here from one of our most recent guests, Robin Midoff. And, you know, obviously Robin... And her husband experienced a tragedy when Jason was struck and nearly killed by a negligent driver. And she keys in to how that experience in 2016 has helped her deal with now. So here's Robin. 
what you learn, right? You, you grow out of being challenged. You grow out of discomfort. And we are going to grow from this year and the things that we're learning. We are learning how important community is when you are forced to stay within your house. And maybe reminded of just how important it is to do the outreach that we take for granted when we can see everybody all the time. And so I'm thankful for 2020 as a reminder of take care of ourselves and take care of each other. And I'm thankful that I have my best friend back. He's riding his bike. He's crushing souls and legs out on those mountains. That makes me very thankful. And I'm thankful that when he gets home today, he's going to make dinner. Walk us through how you know, this concept of community has evolved for you in a brand new place in Colorado Springs, where you just moved to. How have you seen community grow around you? Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, I haven't really explored the community at all. I moved here in March uh, or in April, excuse me. So um, I haven't really had a chance to get out and forever. I've really made an effort to have friends that are not affiliated with cycling. And I think at this point, my friends now are only in cycling, but I think it's been it's been really nice to be able to kind of handpick a few people to really devote my time to, partially because of COVID and partially because of training at this point, honestly, and to really develop like deep, meaningful connections with just a few people. Like we've never had the opportunity to really do that. And uh, putting the phone down, uh, I am so transitioning away from that life of social media. Um, and it's been so liberating, to be honest, and finding real meaningful connections with people off offline has been something probably wouldn't have happened without COVID. Getting to know your neighbors is huge. That's all I know is that from this experience, I've had to get to know the people who live around me. And they're freaking awesome. They have nothing to do about bikes, but we seem to talk a lot about it now. And, you know, getting to know who they are and what they are, I don't think I don't think I would have been doing this beforehand. And this kind of leads into the second clip here from our friends at the Gravel Lot. The Gravel Lot, another show here on the Wide Angle Podium Network of Shows with two guys who who talk about the idea of community. And, you know, you're going to hear them refer to the pebbles that those are the followers of the guys on the Gravel Lot. And of course, the Gravel Lot is not just about gravel racing, although sometimes it is, but it's more about the place where you start your rides or the place where you start your adventures. It seems to happen in a gravel lot on your way to the trail, on your way to the next ride, on your way to the local circuit race. In true wide angle podium fashion, I asked them for a 90 second message and they argued with me and said, since there were two of them, they could go a little longer. Well, uh, this is Doug from the Gravel Lot. And also joining you from the Gravel Lot, this is John. Yeah, uh, 2020. It's been a poop sandwich, John. Uh, pretty much for everybody across the board. Yeah, um, I, I think no matter, no matter who you are, uh, no matter what you do, no matter what you've done, um, something... something crappy has happened uh yeah. whether it's directly to you or directly in your orbit it definitely um yeah it's not awesome no 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 but i think i think we're being thankful today and i think we have a lot to be thankful for and one of the things that i know that we're both thankful for because we talked about this before we recorded is that we have this time to share with each other even though we can't see each other 
And we have this time to share with the Pebbles. This show, even before 2020, was was something that became much bigger than both of us really quickly. Um, and it became about community. It became about you guys, the listeners. Um, and we were just the lucky people that got to interview cool people every week and let them tell stories. And we get to ask them fun questions. And during this year, that has been underlined over and over and over um, by feeling like we get to connect with you guys, our listeners, and amazing folks. Uh, while all these other things are getting turned off, community still stands and those connections, those human connections and that compassion and that empathy um, that we all need to share for each other is stronger than ever, even with all of the challenges. Agreed. I think, I think I'm most thankful this year um, for my stable community and, and the fact that, that this network and the people on it and, and what we're building and what we all are doing has allowed me to make 52 new friends. Well, a couple of them I already knew, but whatever. You get the general feeling. Like We're able to do this week in, week out, and and get to build something. And I think that's been a good rudder for all of us. So I'm thankful for that. I know you are as well. So Yeah, and, and I think for me, it's it's more of being thankful for having, having that community as a pillar. Um, when no matter what happens, this year has been particularly difficult. Um, for for me financially for my wife with her father getting getting diagnosed with cancer there's a lot of things that have personally happened to us but there was always that stable we're going to record every week we're going to talk to somebody we're going to make a show every week we're going to get feedback from you guys every week that's going to guide the show and going to make it feel like everything is okay because there is something bigger and that you are part of something broader than than just your own little myopic world yeah, so happy Thanksgiving from us. Um, happy Thanksgiving to all of Criterium Nation. Um, you're an adjacent uh, land to the gravel lot, um, but we appreciate you guys being the adjacent land that you are. Yeah, it's a smoother surface, but the community is just as good nonetheless. So happy Thanksgiving to all of you, and keep listening. A woman who really needs no introduction at all, but because she doesn't say her name right off of the bat, I need to point out that this is from Lindsay Goldman, your former director sportif or uh, uh, team owner, I guess, and now an employee of a great clothing manufacturer, LEL. So here's Lindsay. Despite the fact that this year was a brutal axe wound, there are many things to be grateful for and silver linings to be found. First and foremost, I'm personally grateful to all the people who stepped up during the Black Lives Matter protest to show that Many Americans will not tolerate systemic racism. I'm also grateful to all the people who worked so hard in the months, weeks, and days leading up to the election to deliver what I believe is a Trump defeat and a Biden-Harris victory. It's really exciting to see the first female Black vice president take office, and I'm incredibly thankful that we've reached a place as a country where we were able to make that happen. I'll be even more thankful if Trump actually leaves the White House. Closer to home, I'm incredibly grateful to my friends and family who have been supportive throughout a year of transition. And, you know, as we've all faced difficult times, there's a lot of selflessness and care for one another and people who have held me up and made me feel truly loved and supported. So I'm grateful to them. I'm grateful to my husband, Josh, for supporting me as I took on a new job and insisted on redecorating our house, which I know is exhausting for him to sit through, but I appreciate his tolerance for that. and. I'm grateful to everybody in the medical community who has worked so hard throughout this pandemic 
to try and fight this international health crisis. And I'm hopeful that 2021 brings us advancements that help put this behind us and some relief for those hardworking medical practitioners. Happy holidays. God love Lindsay. She does not mince words and she has her own style of eloquence that it makes her easy to follow, makes her easy to be a leader. One of the things that she talked about in there that I think is so spot on has nothing to do with the the kind of the major points that she made, but the taking on a project in the middle of it, dealing with your home. Well, I'm a renter, first of all, and I think that is uh, has saved me a number of total OCD meltdowns. I uh, built a shelf. My partner and I built a shelf that we put plants on, and that was almost a, a huge fight. Um, I've just been accumulating a lot of plants more than anything. And things grow so well here in Colorado Springs, or just in Colorado, because there's so much light. I mean, obviously, I moved, so I had to... That was a house project. Um, getting all my stuff from North Carolina here. But yeah, definitely would um, love to take a second to say I am grateful for Lindsay Goldman. I, if Lindsay, if you're listening, I miss you. <laughs> I miss you in my life. I'm sure you started a number of those house projects at like 10 at night. <laughs> Josh was probably like, you don't have to do it right now. And you're like, yes, I do. That like complete uh, yourselfness is something that I really think more people need. And I hope those projects went went well for you. I personally built a garage gym. So I, I went to PRX Performance, ordered a bunch of stuff because there's no indication that I'll ever be squatting in a real gym again. So I built my own darn gym, which involved masonry bits and lag screws and a hammer drill, which I love. But I think the most important thing that I've done is put together a, a cat tree. It has three towers on it that are taller than me and the cats love it. And when you come home at night and you pull into our driveway and you can see the cat tree with this white fluffy mass of just purring beauty in it, you you just go, yeah, I got, I did something good in my life. That's, that's it right there. (laughs) There are a few things as gratifying as building or acquiring something for your cat that your cat actually uses. Like how many things have you gotten for your cat that it just won't, just because you got it for your cats, they don't touch it until like six months later when you're not looking that you can tell they're, you know, having fun in their cat bed or their cat tree or whatever. But yeah, anytime it uses what you've gotten, uh, it's a big win. Pulling back on this idea of, of community, we've got something here from one of our favorite guests, uh, Dino Piscopanis from ButcherBox. This is Dino Piscopanis, co-founder and co-owner of the Butcher Box Cycling Team. 2020 has certainly been a difficult year for many of us. But if we take our time and pause and look around, I think there's a lot for us to be thankful for. First and foremost, I am super thankful to all our frontline and essential workers, doctors, nurses, teachers, and many, many others that have spent this year in really difficult situations doing the best they can to help so many others. I'm also super thankful to all our athletes in all the race community that took the opportunity to help its community and stood down, didn't race, recognized there was no need to put a strain on resources or put people in harm's way. Racing will come back 
And when it does, we'll all be ready and excited to go do it. Lastly, super thankful to my family. They support me in everything I do, and I couldn't do much of it without them. As a professional bike racer, you know, you have to race in order to sustain your livelihood. I don't, and I chose not to. And it was troubling. It was hard to see people in the country racing. And I struggle with it to this day where I saw people racing cross like last week, you know, 250,000 dead Americans. And we still feel the need to engage in what is a hobby for most of us. I know it's a minority of the community. And I want to say right here with Dino, I am thankful that there are so many people who stood up and said, no, we're done. What was the steps that you had to go through in order to get cleared to race the three races that you did do in Europe? Yeah, uh, it was, it was intense. Um, so, um, many of my teammates went over to Europe a couple weeks before I went and they spent two weeks in quarantine in the UK And so they were basically riding the trainer for two weeks. They couldn't ride on the road and they were um, just in an Airbnb in, in the UK and and riding on the trainer, Zwift, whatever. Um, And then um, they traveled to kind of more central Netherlands area where I eventually met them. Um, And we were required to stay in a bubble there. So um, trips outside of the bubble were, were pretty limited um, other than to go to the store and, and to ride. Um, And we had to get COVID testing six days before each race. And then again, three days before each race. And then uh, it worked for us because we were in the bubble Um, as Americans over there. We were, um, you know, all just staying together anyway. So it was fine. But um, there were definitely some issues with um, the Europeans who lived elsewhere and then came in and out of the bubble for their teams um, and races. And there was definitely some COVID positive testing there. But just to get to Europe, I had a letter from my team. I had a letter from the UCI. I had a letter from USA Cycling. I had a negative COVID test within 72 hours of landing. I had you know, a copy of my contract. I had all my itinerary flights in and out. So I had this huge um, volume of paperwork and um, I flew through Austria, which had an exemption for um, professional athletes to come in and out of Austria at least the time that I went over there. Um, And then I spent a night in Austria and then flew um, into Brussels. And yeah, I mean, there were there were police waiting um, because Austria was at least Vienna, even though I didn't leave the hotel while I was there was a hot spot. So they had to kind of check all of us in the airport upon arrival in Brussels. And then I met the team and was in the bubble for four weeks. And we had two definitive races at the time that I went over. So I was going over with the assumption that I'd be there for five weeks, knowing that I'd only do two one-day races. Um, and that was uh, Brabantza, which was the first kind of one-day classic we did. And then we had gotten into Flanders already. Um, but Perry roubaix was an unknown. And Ghent Wevelgum, we received the invite while I was there. So got one extra race in net total than I had assumed. But Uh, Very different than the typical like 60 race day summer here, going over summer for four weeks for for three races was not uh, normal. Um, And in any other circumstance, probably would not be cohesive with like any plan at all. With all those papers that you had to bring with you, 
Did you have like one of those clear expandable folders or like a trapper keeper that you brought with you? <laughs> no, I just I just had a good old paper clip and a special sleeve in my backpack. Plug for Thule here. But uh, no, my, I probably should have because those papers followed me for the four weeks that I was there. Uh, and I think just real quick to touch on what you were saying a minute ago about racing here in the U.S., um, you know, it was sad to miss all of the all of the special races that happen here every year. But I think at the end of the day, hopefully, and even in a few years, when we're older, we'll look back and say, remember that one year that we had COVID and couldn't race? And I think I think next year may be a little different as well, but hopefully, um, hopefully better. And this will seem like just a blip at the end of it all. We've designed this so that it kind of funnels down. So community we've talked about. Let's talk about friends and family. The first clip here is from one of, actually is my oldest friend. I was thinking about that on my ride today. You know, he is my oldest continuous friend and we have known each other for 20 years and it's Adam Mills. We went to college together and he's now the head coach of Source Endurance. He coaches Justin Williams, for example, and uh, Whitney Allison and Nikki Peterson and a bunch of the best athletes in the country. I want to start with Adam because in the way that only Adam can be, he is as succinct as succinct can be and get right, gets right to the point. This is Adam Mills with Source Endurance. 2020 has been a tough year for everyone, very challenging. And the thing that I'm most thankful for is all the loved ones in my life and that none of them have succumbed to COVID-19. Have a safe holiday weekend, everyone. And we'll see you out there. <laughs> Spoken like a true coach. <laughs> Take a rest day when you need it. <laughs> I'm in the same boat as Adam. Fortunately, nobody that I've known has gotten seriously ill or died because of it. But, you know, there, there are definitely people among us who, who are listening right now who are in a different situation. And, you know, just know that there are those of us out there that are constantly thinking about you and constantly hoping that we can be a strength for you. And if you are a friend or you have a friend who you know is suffering, be that friend, be that person in the time of need. Yeah, absolutely. I think this time has given us all a um, chance to, to practice and learn real empathy. I think that's really important part of all of our lives. And, you know, hopefully we've been able to help help those who have not come out of this quite so easily. So remember when I was talking about happy things happening to people in in weird times, even when tragedy strikes, the next person up here, she's had so much happiness happen to her this year that you can kind of hear it bleed through in her voice. So here's the next clip. Hey, this is Madison Kelly. I know that 2020 hasn't been the best year for anyone but there's still a lot to be thankful for. And for me, I'm thankful for my mom and dad. And I'm thankful for my fiance who proposed to me in the summer of this year. He's been my rock for the past five years and is the best lockdown buddy ever. I'm really thankful for my teammates and the sponsors for keeping the team alive, even though race season was canceled for 2020. I'm thankful that my friends and family have remained healthy so far and that I've still gotten the opportunity to start med school um, despite the pandemic. Met some really cool people along the way so far. 
And lastly, I'm thankful for Zwift and my Wahoo indoor trainer. So I was still able to ride my bike during lockdown as well as winter and my cats and video games for helping me stay sane throughout lockdown. I hope everybody stays safe and has an awesome holiday week. And don't forget to ride your bike. Obviously, cats and video games, self-explanatory, the greatest creations ever. Yeah, I'm not much of a video gamer, but which explains why I'm not particularly thankful for Zwift either. But I am thankful for my Wahoo because that is a great trainer. I don't even I don't even link it to anything. I just pedal it and it feels nice. My wife rode the Wahoo kicker for a long time. And then one of her friends, multiple of her friends, convinced her that a Peloton was the way to go. And so the Wahoo got traded for a Peloton and we now have a Peloton in our in our bike room. And she she kills it on that thing. Like I have never seen her physically engaged that hard in an activity. Like she knows all about functional threshold power, about VO2 max, about how to push yourself now. And she's got all these friends who are high-fiving her virtually on on these Peloton rides. And there's a track, a former track national champ who's who's a Peloton instructor too. I mean, she's insanely strong. Like I've watched her workouts and I'm just like, okay, cool. Maybe there's something about this whole track thing. <laughs> I mean, I have not done Peloton, but I've done a spin class and that shit is hard. You're standing the whole time. And as a, a track person, I'm never standing. So kudos to Peloton and the those who who can do it. So, you know, Madison obviously had a ton of great stuff happen to her this year. This the the engagement story of her and her fiance Bryce is beautiful and corny and I I, I want to get her back on the show to talk about that and we're very proud of her that she's now on her way to becoming Dr. Kelly. Another person who had a a good year as well for 2020. Uh, well, it kind of started in 2019, but November of 2019 is basically 2020 anyways, right? Is uh, Adam Pulford. Since you asked Rob Kelly, uh, here's what I'm thankful for. First and foremost, I'm thankful for my wife, Kristen. She's an amazing woman, an incredible human being. She's a veteran and it is Veterans Day today. And uh, I, I, I'm madly in love with her more and more each day. And, and uh, I'm just very grateful for her. Our dog, our Corona dog, Hazel, she's brought tons of joy into our life over the past uh, eight months now. We uh, rescued her back in March and she is part of the family and she's a little spark plug and we love her to death. I'm also thankful for my athletes. They could have, you know, peaced out and said, Hey, let's see what 2021 brings and, and, uh, you know, canceled and done all the, had all the excuses to not train, but the majority of them, uh, stuck with me through this year and, you know, they didn't have to, but what we realized or what I realized is people value health and fitness just as much, if not more than racing and performance that, you know, there's more going on when we're doing our hourly training and our intervals and, and, you know, spending money on health, fitness, bikes, and all this kind of stuff, there's more going on than, than just the race, you know, and the, the journey, the process, I think is what my athletes, you know, have, uh, grown to love even more 
this year. And and I'm thankful for that. So the two of them got married at the Garden of the Gods in Colorado Springs. Oh, wow. What a spot. She did have to wear leg warmers because it was November, uh, but it was underneath a, a beautiful white, I believe, pantsuit. And she just, it, it, they they crushed it. But I think Adam, you know, who is a, a cycling coach, an endurance athletics coach, nails it on the head when he talks about that commitment to health and that commitment to maintaining a certain degree of normalcy when things aren't necessarily normal around you. And I mean, I know that that's important to you. Absolutely. I try not to rely on the bike as an outlet because at some point this will be over for me and I want to make sure I have other things in place that uh, I won't, you know, go into a dark depression when this is over, but it is, it's totally an outlet. And I think it's a testament of a great coach that your athletes continue to work with you, even in a time when there's no racing. Um, they see that you have a vision and they see that you're invested in their well being, whatever that is, right? Whether that's racing or that's just getting out on the road and, and getting that time in for yourself. Hello, I'm Ali Sheehan. I ride for the UK Crit Team Techers. We don't actually celebrate Thanksgiving here in the UK, uh, so this is a new one for me. 2020, as I'm sure you can all agree, has been a pretty crazy one. However, it has made me thankful for many things. I'm thankful firstly for my gorgeous friends and family and for the continued support of my team techers and our incredible sponsors. I'm grateful for the amazing NHS staff who continue to provide outstanding care in the toughest of circumstances. And I'm thankful for bikes. Bike riding brings fun and simplicity. It gives me freedom, freedom to explore the outdoors and to have micro-adventures where my big ones this year weren't allowed. Bike riding is rad. How cool is it to hear somebody with a posh British accent say bike riding is rad? (laughs) That is, yeah, it is a posh British accent. (laughs) Yeah, we can end the show. Let's end it right now. (laughs) That's it. That's it. Sorry, everybody else. We're going out on top here. You know, she's she's 100% right that bike riding is something that we do as a means of exploring, as a means of having a little adventure, even if it's just how far or hard can you push yourself up this little hill. We are so darn fortunate to have this particular sport in our lives and these other people who engage in it in our lives as well, because Lord knows you and I would never be talking on a Zoom phone call but for bike racing. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, not just through in cycling, but in life, I feel like the connections I've made through cycling are are some of the most meaningful that I have made in my entire existence on on this earth. And I I I am fortunate to ride my bike every single day. I wouldn't say that I always enjoy it, um, but I never regret it. That's a huge part of um, of the bike is just getting out and and rolling and feeling the wheels under you and just. Um, enjoying that. And that's been something that's definitely gotten, gotten me through quarantine. So thanks bikes. Bikes are rad. Bikes are rad. I think that might actually be the new slogan for the rest of my life. (laughs) We're going to go from, from the lush hills of Somerset, England, all the way to Texas with this next one. And I didn't realize when I first met Christina Goki Smith, how introspective she was, 
But now having had the opportunity to get to talk to her, to get to become friendly with her, to get to share her story, I know that she is really always thinking about how she engages with the world. So here is Christina Gokey-Smith of Team Colavita. I have so much to be thankful for. I'm thankful for my health. I've been able to do more yoga. And so I'm super thankful for that space that I've created for myself and meditation. I'm also very thankful that my parents are still in my life and they live on a farm and that's where I keep my, my horses. So I very thankful that I get to spend some time with my dad when I go out there and ride my horse. And yeah, I'm thankful for all the disciplines that we have. You know, since I didn't race this year, I didn't really experience that being burnt out um, from from the road bike. I usually have to have a break from the road bike. Yeah, it felt like a more of a road season. You know, um, I found myself having to charge my battery, um, get caught on a ride. It's not charging my battery. That is, yeah. So, and and all the disciplines. You know, I've been taking this time to work with clients and doing some mountain bike skills clinics where we just go out and practice. So I'm very thankful for this time to kind of give back and into the community as well. So yeah. And, and I'm thankful for um, team Calavita. I'm thrilled that we're going to have a team for next year. So I'm excited for that. I'm very grateful for them. So yeah, lots to be thankful for. Do you spend any time meditating or mindfulness or uh absolutely i would say less in relation to cycling and more just in relation to my day-to-day it's the easy it's an easy tactic for me when i feel overwhelmed which is increasingly these days to just put it all down and just do you know your traditional classic body scan and remind yourself that hey my feet are still on the ground the grass is still outside it's a really good technique to just um kind of remember that you exist and that things are going to be okay. And I definitely work with a, with a, with a sports psych as well to deal with some of that in a race related context. So um, I think perspective, you can use the mind to do so many different things on the bike. And then just in life, there's literal tactics you could use to shape the way you see things in a positive way. I've actually started doing it with food. I committed to hiring a nutritionist and I hired Kristen Arnold of Source Endurance And she got me hooked up with this concept of mindful eating, which is not just think about good or bad things that you're eating, but think about what you're doing when you're eating it. So actually take the time to focus on how the fork feels in your hand or the texture of lettuce or how cold water is or whatever it is that you're drinking or how beautiful coffee is at all hours of the day. And just slowing everything down has really made me enjoy the food that I eat that much more. Cause I used to grab a handful of chips, shove them in my mouth, grab another handful, shove them in my mouth again. And like, there was no thinking about it. It was just like, here's some calories by taking that time to, to be mindful and to think about it. I've really found myself enjoying the food I'm eating way more. Yeah, I think especially, um, you know, in a, in a busy day to day, you're tempted to just grab whatever and eat it. 
which is absolutely what I do. I do the thing where you go to the fridge and there's nothing there. And so you leave. And then five minutes later, you go to the fridge and there's nothing there and you just leave. But yeah, I mean, I think also just putting your phone down. I don't think we realize how much we're scrolling through even the news. Like every morning I'm reading the news and sometimes I want to just put it down and drink my coffee and enjoy the coffee. Because as you said, it is the most beautiful drink at all hours of the day. And I really liked what Christina said about recharging because I felt like this has been a good year to recharge as well. Like I've never been able to train like this. And I think a lot of people could say the same and just find that uh, appreciation for training that we've been missing while we've been racing so much. So somebody who clearly spent the last couple of months training is the brand new New Zealand national criterium champion, Olivia Ray. She won in amazingly convincing soul stomping style with 400 meters of sprinting. And if you're like, why aren't you talking more about Olivia Ray? Well, she's coming back on the show next week. We get to ask her all the questions about the silver fern, which is the uh, name of their Jersey. And so just, Hold your horses for a hot second there. But here is what Olivia had to say when we talked to her before she left for the New, Ze- for New Zealand. I'm Olivia Ray of ButcherBox Cycling, and this year I'm thankful for my health. It's been a crazy year with COVID-19 and all the crazy politics going on, and at the end of the day, I'm so thankful that I'm able to breathe, walk, talk, hear, taste when so many other people in the world are unable to to say the same, especially with the virus. I think my health is what makes me me, and I'm glad I have it. Something that she talks about in her episode is just how this feeling of victory, this feeling of accomplishment is so satiating and satisfying while at the same time it leaves you wanting more of it you want to make yourself better you want to go out there and do it again you've won some pretty big bike races and had some pretty big accomplishments in your life are you thankful for that feeling that emotion that comes with victory absolutely obviously my first thought when I win a race is what's next. And I think a lot of athletes have that and it drives a lot of athletes to achieve things that we might not without that trait. But I definitely have to take a step back and think, what what did I enjoy about this race? What did I enjoy about this training block? Like, what are the fun things I did with my teammates? And those are all the things that I remember more than the feeling of winning, even though that's the feeling that we're all chasing, right? Um, I think that the bike is is more of a vessel for experiencing life than it is for experiencing um, victory. I would say my my wins on the bike feel the same as any wins I had doing other sports, and they're always great. <laughs> you know, you always want more of them. But but yeah, like Olivia said, like just being able to utilize health is something that we don't realize is not universal. Um, and so um, being thankful for that is is really motivating. So we've arrived at this point in time in the show where we can talk about bikes. We need to, you and I, Lily, we need to talk about what we're thankful for on the bike as opposed to off the bike. So if there's one thing in 2020 on the bike related that you're thankful for, what would that be? I am thankful that I have been able to get on the track 
here in Colorado Springs. And I am thankful that I have been able to do it with my coach, Gary. Um, I don't know if, if many people listening know Gary, but he is, um, he has gotten all this year through, through COVID. Um, I don't think I could have done it, um, and stayed in cycling the way that I have without Gary there, just focused, supportive, kind of pragmatic, like I was talking about earlier. And he, he's been fighting for us. He's been fighting to get us on the track and, and to be able to set my day up around, such a like a hard goal oriented effort is something that um feels like a, a complete complete luxury to me um not just to be able to go go ride and experience it but have these metrics that i can work toward and do it in such a i mean i think the track is so cool like be able to get on the pursuit bike and put your head down and really um really just go and, and finish every effort completely on empty. I think it's, uh, an experience that, uh, while is, um, kind of sickeningly painful is also just so it leaves me so calm afterwards. And that has truly gotten me through COVID this whole summer. My relationship with my coach is, is amazing. And, you know, I work with Zach Allison of Fort Collins, who is a coach for source endurance. And, he has been such a guiding force on the bike. He's recognized when I needed to be pushed. The email threads between the two of us are amazing. The things that we talk about that are bike related, but like absolutely oddball ideas and, and, and spitballing of theory. It's just way more and deeper than I've ever gone with another cycling coach. And so, you know, Zach, I've said it a lot and he's probably sitting there with his eyes rolled all the way in the back of his head now. And Whitney, his wonderful wife, is probably hysterically laughing. But I am really thankful for everything that you've done for me this year. And I didn't set it up this way, but it just kind of happened to be that way. That the next clip for us is from a Zach. It's a different Zach. It's Zach Gregg of Team Project Echelon, but he too is a coach and he has some things to say about his athletes. I'm thankful to Project Echelon and my teammates who were super welcoming right from the start in January, who are genuine, good human beings, crazy, fun to be around, excellent teammates. I really can't wait until we get back to racing in 2021. I am especially thankful for Eric Hill, his drive and vision, his ability to support bike racers and veterans in many different ways. Nobody works harder than Eric, and I'm very excited to see the fruits of his labor come to fruition in 2021. I'm thankful, as always, for my family, who have been incredibly supportive my whole life, through all my different endeavors, athletically or otherwise. I'm thankful to Lise McRae College and Tim Hall, who teaches me something new every day and challenges me to be the best coach for our student-athletes. Finally, I'm thankful to my student-athletes, to my coached athletes who have kept the faith this year and persevered, who have trusted the process and will have their moments in 2021. I've learned so much from people who I didn't think I was going to learn from. You know, Zach is one of those guys for me. He's in my, I, I, he's 26, so he's, he's your age, you know, but still 
when I first met him, when he was in his early, tw- early, early 20s, he floored me again and again and again with his level of maturity and, and like watching him succeed race after race and year after year, knowing that only the best is yet to come for him is, is amazing. Have you learned from people that you would never expect to learn from some valuable lesson that you are applying to your life these days? Oh, absolutely. If we take it one step back and talk about Zach and Whitney, two of my favorite people, obviously I was teammates with Whitney on Superman and didn't really know what to expect from Whitney at the beginning because she's one of those people who you can tell she's thinking about every word you say when you say it. And so you, you have to give her a moment to, to speak or someone like me, I'll just like steamroller with my next thought. But she, she truly processes everything that everyone says and gives like a kind, thoughtful, usually very funny, intelligent response. And so just a lot, you know, any, I think I've learned from, from every single one of my teammates and across the board and especially those who I feel like I'm I'm not very much like because I have this way of going about the world that I just kind of like smash through and hope it works out. Um, but taking those moments in Whitney style to just pause and take in what's going around and just really like think about things before I act or speak has been very helpful for me during COVID times. Um, so... Thanks, Whitney. The next thing we've got is from a 14-year-old. You know, obviously, Mays Wimbush has has made it her goal to be the first woman of uh, African-American heritage to represent Team USA in the Olympic road race uh, in 2028. Hi, this is Mays Wimbush. For 2020, I would first like to give thanks to my Savior, Jesus Christ. 2020 has presented some challenges, such as having to attend school virtually, not being able to travel, not being able to embrace family, and dampen the race season. Though it's been challenging, I am thankful to be in great health. I am thankful for family, friends, and amazing supporters. I miss you all. This year has taught me that we may not always be able to go out and physically compete, which leads me to be thankful for Zwift for supplying the virtual platform for me and so many others around the world to train, ride, and compete in the comfort of our own home. I am thankful for my team, Team 2024, for the opportunity and believing in me in support of my racing goals and aspirations. Thanks to Team 2024 partners, Cliff, Catlike, Athos, Zwift, Kenda Tires, Oakley, Felt Bicycles, Zip, Park Tool, Sock Guy, Bonds Foundation, and others. A special thank you to Mr. Chris Richardson and Ms. Teresa Richardson of Richardson Bike Fit and Bike Doctor of Waldorf for all that you do. I'm thankful for my coach, Caitlin, for her coaching and constant support in pushing me to strive to be the best I can be. Last but not least, I'm thankful for my parents for always supporting and believing in me. Happy Thanksgiving. For a 14-year-old, that was a pro message. Yeah, I think you probably should have had her co-host this podcast, Rob. <laughs> yeah, she's gonna, she nailed it. I, you can hear it in her voice. I have no doubt that she will succeed in whatever she wants to do. So sometimes we have these friends that 
surprise us and they they have this level of genius that that you always knew that they would have but they still catch you off guard and so here is one from a very dear friend of mine Jason Midoff in all honesty I'm thankful for being alive even in these crazy times you know I'm thankful to have a rich and full life I uh, get to experience a new area with my wife. Uh, there's so much exploring we have yet to do. And I'm also truly thankful for the relationships um, that I've gained through cycling, through the cycling community, and those um, who have kind of helped me kind of come back to what uh, what we believe is normal. At least I hope it's normal. Ultimately, I'm thankful to be in a good place with cycling and life and how they, you know, fit together and work together. You've been exploring a lot in Colorado Springs. What are the cool things that you've been able to find on the bike that you never would have found just by living there? Mm, That's a good question. Mostly the off-road stuff. I'll be honest. I love a good ride off of the road and it's taken me to some of the more natural areas of Colorado that are so different than anything I've experienced. Um, I grew up in the Southeast. The only year I've lived out of the Southeast is one year when I lived in Chicago and um, it's obviously hot and humid and um, lush and verdant. And then out here, it's kind of dry and, and hard and barren. And being able to ride the bike out into some of these places and learn to appreciate some of the climate that I thought I would hate. I mean, it was my biggest apprehension moving here, to be honest. And, you know, you kind of hear the bugs and the wind and, and the grass and it's it's really beautiful and and I really don't like to hike or like walk or do anything else. So the bike has given me access to the natural world in a way that I think I would struggle to find otherwise. I know that being on the bike and being out in different parts of Virginia that I don't think that I go to on a regular basis is amazing. Virginia and Maryland, the two states that I ride in primarily, they there's there's so many things that you can't see from the highway. And there's so many twists and turns in our roads here that you you come upon something that has such historic significance so often and so quickly. And you're just like, whoa, this is where that happened. And you have to like sit there and go like, one of the rides that I would go through, that I would do, would take me through Antietam, through Sharpsburg, where the battle was fought. And to think of like, how critical that one day in American history was and all the suffering and heroics and gallantry that may have happened on the road that I'm riding on going, why is this hill so damn steep? Like I get upset that I have to go and get out of the saddle when 150 years ago, it was a lot different of a scene (laughs) there. But we are talking about the troops. We're talking about those who've served our country. Uh, this is the segue of segues to Eric Hill of Project Echelon. I don't know, Lily, do you know who Project Echelon is? I love Project Echelon. 
So my first year racing, I basically traveled with Project Echelon and they just let me do it. <laughs> I don't know why. I was just this weird person who was dating one of their riders. And um, my, <laughs> my favorite memory, oh my goodness, my favorite memory of them was the Quad Cities weekend, which is in Iowa. So the, you know, Snake Alley and there's four races in the first day. Uh, the road race was just like A, B, and C. And so I was like, okay, I'll do the A race. And I was the only woman in it. And I had literally no business being in that race. Man, I love those guys. They were so nice and encouraging and helped me. And we stayed in this, um, we stayed on a co-op campground. And we stayed in one of these like little cabins that was probably as big as my dining room. And I think like six of us were staying in it. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. And I went everywhere in that in that team van, which is now um, decommissioned and one of the rider zones that I believe. But yeah, big shout out to Eric. Um, so hardworking. Um, I think the work that he does with veterans is just amazing. He's so committed to the project and wholeheartedly believes in it. Also pretty badass on the bike. Well, 2020 has certainly been a challenging year. There are so many things to be grateful for. It's one of those things where you don't realize what you have until it's gone. That was one of those years, right? Uh, I'm grateful for all the races that I have and have been able to experience in the past. I miss them and I can't wait to get back to them. I'm grateful for my my teammates. Only got to see them twice this year. Those guys are my brothers. I wanna I wanna get back with them and, and do the things that we love and ride and race bikes. Uh, I'm grateful for the extra time I had with my amazing family. Cycling requires us to travel quite a bit. That means being away from home and being able to spend some extra time with my kids was wonderful. And uh, I'm grateful for the opportunity to work on some of the little things that I might otherwise neglect in a regular season. Looking forward to 2021 and being grateful for all of the wonderful things I have the opportunity to do in this sport. Obviously, you got the opportunity to hang out with Emma and Sarah and all of your great teammates this year. I have not been as fortunate you know, because of the lack of amateur racing, some of my teammates don't live in the area. And, and more importantly, my competitors don't all live in the area, too. And so, like, I really miss them. And it's been fun to watch how those relationships have changed and how they've evolved and how some have grown so much stronger. And you've gotten to know people that you would never, ever have thought that you would have gotten to know as well as you could because they love to text message you at midnight and you happen to be awake too. How has it been on the professional ranks? Cause you guys are scattered. I, I feel particularly fortunate because I've been basically with Emma and my teammate, Megan Jastrab all summer. Um, and so I've really gotten to be close with them and I feel like they've kind of been my rocks throughout this whole process cycling teammates it fosters a special kind of bond um the way you race together and work for each other i don't think you get that in some of the other sports that i've done personally like if you take emma megan and i we are literally nothing alike even remotely in any way shape or form like you know megan's 18 i'm 26 um, our perceptions of the world are just on, you know, completely different places in life, but we hang out and, and we bake and we ride bikes and we work hard and we try to smash each other. And then when we're done, you know, it's all, we're all friends again. Um, so having teammates during this time, I think has been 
um, really, really important for me. And I, yeah, I would have been, it would have been harder for me <laughs> without seeing, seeing the people that I race with and then being on the circuit, you know, we obviously haven't done that in the U S so I don't get to see some of my old teammates, which I was really looking forward to doing this year was racing against some of the people that I've raced with in the past and kind of seeing how we operate in our new environments. But I know we'll, we'll get to do that next year. So one of the things that I love about our sport is how photogenic it is, how beautiful these images are that our photographers are catching and that you, you get to see. The next person who's going to deliver a message, Bruce Buckley, has gone to the NPR school of ambiance with what he did with doing his clip here. So I'm not going to ruin it, but just soak it up and enjoy it. Hello, Criterium Nation. And happy Thanksgiving. This is uh, this is Bruce. Sorry for the noise. I'm actually recording this as I'm uh, on my way to a location. But I actually thought this might be a good time to put down some of my thoughts. So uh, what am I thankful for this year? Well, like every year, I, of course, I'm, I'm thankful for family, friends, community, uh, their their love and support that's that's always needed um you know good times and bad but but this year I mean, it's obviously a very different year i've described this year before as a it's kind of like a gap year when you take time to develop yourself uh you know personally professionally or perhaps uh creatively so for me, it's been more of um, the latter of those on the list. You know, trying to branch out creatively, um, you know, with, with the camera or, or without the camera for that matter. So trying to expand your scope, your skills, and just learn to think in new ways. So, so hopefully, hopefully in the end this year hasn't been about, you know, stunting growth and creativity, but, but actually expanding it and improving yourself. So so that's what I'm thankful for this year. This podcast has been my outlet this year, and I am thankful for it. What have you been doing to kind of push yourself out of your comfort zone when you're not on the bike? I used to write a lot more, and I get a little bit uh, crippled by the idea of other people writing. I'm like, everyone's writing. I can't do it. I need to find some sort of cool activity, returning back to that and just writing um, for myself and not putting it anywhere um, has been something that I have been trying to redo, you know, bought a notebook that I can write actual things in with a pen, um, writing blog posts and just never publishing them. Um, I've been doing a lot of that. And I think um, it's really important for me to get my my thoughts down. And it's been a kind of liberating to not feel like I have to share those with people and I can just express myself in my own way. I don't know if I'm quite as magical with the pen as Bruce is with the camera. Some of the photos he takes, I'm just like, how did you make that look cool? I don't understand. You know what he said. It's all about um, exploring that creativity for yourself and um, seeing what you can do with it. So, one the, There would not be a Lily Williams-Rob Kelly conversation if there wasn't a little bit of sarcasm or a little bit of snark getting tossed in there. Uh, we've got two more clips here. One is snarky and funny because it's from the guys of the Slow Ride podcast. And if you haven't heard of the Slow Ride podcast, 
It is a wonderful show on the Wide Angle Podium Network, and you definitely should be listening to it. I want to say personally that I am super thankful, and since we're talking snark and sarcasm, it should be noted that this is sarcasm font. I am super thankful for middle-aged guys who have spent the last four months riding Zwift because I very much enjoy it when you unannounced jump on my wheel on the flat stretches of road and try to sit on my wheel while I'm just riding along and then accelerate really hard up the next hill to try to drop me because it provides me with so many hours of enjoyment when I get to drop you in return. So thank you, middle-aged guys who ride Zwift. You have given me a training purpose this year. I am so thankful for every single one of you who's making sourdough because it means I never have to make a fucking loaf of bread again. <laughs> the Slow Ride Podcast. Thankful for two-week stage races. The Slow Ride Podcast. Thankful that Hugh Carthy's head always looks like it's been photoshopped onto his body. The Slow Ride Podcast. Thankful for rim breaks still. Slow Ride Podcast. Thankful for Julian Alaphilippe posting up early at Liege Bastogne Liege. The Slow Ride Podcast. Thankful that COVID has canceled bike racing so none of us have to downgrade for at least another year. The Slow Ride Podcast. Thankful for Michael Matthews' hemp necklace. <laughs> the Slow Ride Podcast. Thankful for Julian Alaphilippe crashing himself out on a motorcycle. The Slow Ride Podcast. Thankful for Four Corner Crits. Slow Ride Podcast. Thankful for free laps until one lap to go. Yeah. <laughs> the Slow Ride Podcast. Thankful for everyone who's selling their used two-wheeler tires at the swap. Slow Ride Podcast. Thankful for crits that only turn left. That's true. That's very true. The Slow Ride Podcast. Thankful for fixed gear criterium racing since... Never mind, it doesn't happen anymore. The Slow Ride Podcast. Thankful for Cyclocross for taking all the sketchy riders out of our crit fields. Slow Ride Podcast. Thankful for crosses coming. The Slow Ride Podcast. Thankful for the Wide Angle Podium supporters. I nearly started crying from laughter when I heard those guys. They just, they have something special. Gosh, yeah. Everyone has that friend or two that's just like, so clever and we all want to be that person and most of us just are not and it's crushing but i am not thankful for rim brakes <laughs> i do never never need to ride on a rim brake bike again neither do i i i made the switch and i love it and i am also thankful for julian alaphilippe because we needed a villain in bike racing and his goatee slash whatever is perfect for the villain. So having that person around and knowing that it causes Tim so much joy in life to have him lose is worth it for me. Yeah, I was talking actually about this exact topic with someone the other day. Al Philippe is, has made the racing this year. Regardless of what he's done, it has been so exciting to watch. I would never bet against him, but he definitely like brings the drama that I think is so nice when you're watching a, a men's race that lasts for six hours and nothing happens till the last hour. Like at least you got Al Philippe in there doing 
who the heck knows what just crazy crazy i don't know if he's ever looking in front of him it's great the last clip that we have here is from amanda nauman and it is it was the one that was an outlier it 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 didn't like stick with any of the other topics it it is the uh one that that made me cry and i've had an emotional year yeah but and amanda knows this that what she says it's about me and i'm i just i'm just going to shut up and push the button here and thank you amanda Hello, hello. My name is Amanda Nauman, and I am a co-host of the Grodio podcast on the Wide Angle Podium Network. And I also happen to be a lucky previous guest of Rob Kelly's on the No Training Wheels podcast, which is now Criterium Nation. I wanted to give a nice little thank you to the man himself, Rob Kelly, which I'm sure when he asked me to do this, he was expecting me to be like, oh, I'm so thankful for my family and Bill Shikin and Zach Schuster and all these great friends and family in my life. But yeah, while that's true, I also really appreciate Rob because I think he's an excellent host, an enthusiastic lover of this discipline that's very specific because I myself am a lover of a discipline that's very specific within the realm of cycling and so I appreciate his attention to detail and his thoughtfulness on all of the shows that he produces. If you are listening to this that means you also appreciate Rob as well. So Rob I would like to on behalf of everybody listening say thank you for your hard work because I do love and appreciate when somebody does their homework and is just very knowledgeable about something specific that we care about and also that you have a willingness to share it and spend a lot of time putting that together for everybody and all of your listeners. So thank you Rob and happy Thanksgiving to everyone. So I don't have anything there. She she did it again. And thank you, Amanda. It's beyond sweet to hear that. Uh, yeah. Lily, please save me before I do, <laughs> before I just start crying again. I agree, Rob. I, Amanda's a very smart girl. I, I A podcast where you just film yourself talking does not count. You have attention to your production and attention to detail that I think far exceeds 99% of podcasts that are out there, um, especially cycling podcasts. So I think you deserve a lot of kudos um, for expressing this creativity or taking the time to express your creativity in this way and for um, sending me this sick microphone. So I personally don't sound like a trash heap when um, I go on the air with you. One thing that Amanda and I talked about when she was on the show was about doing gravel as a road racer. And I know that you had just mentioned that you liked getting lost off the roads. Do you think that there is a place for us to put together like a team crit life? where we go and we find all these people who love road racing, but also are really super curious about gravel. And we just go and we do all the biggest gravel events that we could find in the United States. I think we, we probably should do that. A, a to, to do the gravel, but also B to show the gravel world that road racers are not losers. (laughs) We're cool guys. We're cool. And we can, and we can throw down a beer just like everybody. And we can take a picture on a couch in the middle of, of Kansas and, (laughs) I'm I'm not going to stop Flanders to take a picture on a couch, but maybe after the race with a cow in the background. 
That would make it Flanders. Yeah. Yeah, it would. And the cow would be ripped as heck because the Belgian, something is up with those cows there. I don't know what it is, but they're massive. We've arrived at the end of of all of this. Obviously, I want to th- say thank you to everybody at the Wide Angle Podium who participated. I want to say thank you to all the guests of the show this year who took a chance on somebody who, you know, really didn't have a background in or too much of a catalog. Let's put it like that in talking about bike racing. And you guys have all made this so very, very worth it. Also, thanks to Adam Mills and Zach and Kristen and Nikki Peterson and every single coach at Source Endurance and all the athletes there who've willingly lend their voices to this show and testimonials and for believing in us. Lily, obviously you've got a lot of people to say thank you to as well. And I'm not going to try to like steal it and be like, you know, these are all the people. So please, who would you like to say thank you to as we wrap up? Um, Well, first of all, thanks for having me on and giving me the opportunity to say thank you to the people in my life. Very thankful for all of my teammates, both on the road and on the track. Um, You've listened to me complain about stuff all year, um, send you 20 text messages in a row without a response, but I know you still like me, which is, which is, um, you know, hard to find in a friend. I'm thankful for um, all the coaches that are in my life. So uh, Allison Powers, Gary Sutton, um, the people at the Olympic Training Center um, who have um, made our lives seem normal during this time. I'm, of course, thankful for um, my family. I feel like uh, moving to Colorado, I've gotten to live near my sister for the first time since we moved away from home. And it's been really great to get to know her as an adult. And I am thankful for all the people that went out and voted this, uh, this past month. Um, I can't believe the weight that has lifted off of me with the election results and thankful for everyone who has been positive during this year. Um, everyone who has been working to, uh, fight, COVID and, and keep the world turning and risk themselves and in their day to day just to um, make things better for all of us frontline workers as a number of people have said and everyone and you know in my world at the Olympic Training Center who has um, fought to keep things safe and healthy so we could keep training and yeah there's just uh, too many people to to thank and I'm thankful that I have people to thank. <laughs> I'm also glad to know that now I can send you 20 text messages in a row like I have in the past and not have to expect <laughs> a response immediately and feel like that I'm overburdening you. Yeah, no, please. Anytime I get a montage, I'm like, oh, what's this person up to? <laughs> send it my way. Lily, thank you so much for helping out and co-hosting on this very special episode. Yeah, thanks for having me. This was great. It's been really nice to hear a lot of different people as well. Thanks for joining us on another episode of Criterium Nation. This show was written, produced, and edited by me, Rob Kelly, and was co-hosted this week by Lily Williams of Rally Cycling. A huge thank you goes out to all the guests of the show this year, 
who provided messages of hope, thanksgiving, happiness, just funny anecdotes about their life. Thank you guys so much for taking a chance on a show like this and for lending credibility with your voices to this crazy idea of being thankful for 2020. If you haven't got enough cycling content, head on over to CriteriumNation.com or check us out on Twitter or Instagram or even TikTok at Criterium Nation. Until we meet again for more stories from our Criterium Nation, happy Thanksgiving. Dear cycling friends, we accept the fact that we have created the premier gravel and road racing podcast, and we don't think you're crazy to ask us who we think we are. You see us as you want to see us, in the simplest terms, in the most convenient definitions. But what we found out is that each one of us is a hobby blogger, a gravel pro, and a curious newbie. And you can find us on the Wide Angle Podium Network. Does that answer your question? Sincerely yours the Grodio Podcast.